Welcome to Picks with the Professor, the show where a real statistics professor and his cousin and their friend gives <laughs> you support to <laughs> tips. I'm your host, Professor Sides, and for the latest updates, information, and picks, you can follow me on Twitter at Professor Sides. You can follow my cousin Jared on Twitter at Cousin Jared and my friend Jake on Twitter at my friend underscore Jake. This episode covers select games from week one of the 2022 college football season. If you haven't, seen episode one yet go do that jake point your finger up to the sky it'll be right there in that corner yeah somewhere in that area yep there yep yep somewhere <laughs> over there yep yep you can watch, week, watch episode this. one yeah we, we covered the first handful of games we're going to cover at the very end we're going to cover uh a couple other line movements and added plays from some of those but we got a whole bunch of new games to talk about here today and in case you're new i built a mathematical model that predicts what the spread and total should be for every fbs college football game and information along with each team's power rating and a graded a b or c pick either now or coming later for every game this week is available in the Google sheet linked in the show's description. That doesn't mean that I recommend you do the same as our goal in this episode is your key information about this week's games, give you a few things to think on and explain why the model or we like or don't like a certain play in order for you to come up with picks that you are comfortable with. I never recommend blindly tailing or fading any paper, either to hear the justifications and thought processes to make sure you're fully on board with us or against us before investing your hard-earned money. And as we go through the plays, remember there are no locks in gambling. So, what I'll give you are loves, likes, and leans to indicate my confidence level with respect to scaling wagers. Cousin Jared will also be utilizing a way to unit scale this college football season. And as always, please remember that good and bad variants will occur. So, as much as I'd like to say it'll be profitable each and every day, that is an impossible reality for any gambler. Uh, we're back again with more college football action. Cousin Jared, uh, how you been? I've been doing pretty well, you know, doing some additional research as the week has gone on, watching these line movements, hoping, uh, you know, to catch some some more value this week. But I have to say, excited to have Jake on and that the, the viewers don't have to just listen to me drone on and on and on and on and on. <laughs> I, I feel like we talked a lot in that first episode. I, this yeah. one won't be as long, I think. And we kind of talk about this uh, after we record it. Maybe the later on episodes in the week won't be as much. The first one's just we have so much to say. And then hopefully yeah. we'll kind of spare you some of that time but there's just so much to talk about in the, in the you know kicking off the week we're just so excited you know exactly yeah it's always great that first round that just ah. yeah uh, and, and i think jake i think that falls on you we've already talked a lot so hopefully this episode hopefully you have some things to say <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll try to bring in new some new points here but at least there's new games on, on the list yeah there's new games you'll we'll have other things to say uh well before we get to today's show some reminders please hit that like button if you're on youtube also if you are yet please consider subscribing or following it's free and the only way is to make you turn notifications on to ensure you don't miss any of the college basketball, MLB, or college football content that this channel provides. Share with the Finny Food others in the game. Hit us up on Twitter or drop a comment if you're on YouTube. We love those and try to respond to as many as we can. Let's get to the games. All lines courtesy of Bet Online and current as of the time of this recording. Uh, some of these move quickly. We had a couple we already talked about from that first episode that already moved a lot. Uh, Watch. Have the notifications on, subscribe right, listen right away. Uh, like I said then, the lines tend to move the direction the model goes like two out of three times. It doesn't always, but it tends to go that direction. You already saw it with Michigan. I said I love that 27. I thought it should be 31. It's at 31 now. So I was like, wow, that worked out. Yeah, yeah. I nailed that exactly. one. Exactly. Nailed that one. It doesn't always work that way. Sometimes the line goes yeah. the other direction. But I mean, for the most part, it, you know, it goes that way. So we'll try to get these up as soon as possible. And uh, uh, you can get ahead of that movement and, and get a better number. Uh, but we got some Thursday games here to talk about. Uh, Ball State at Tennessee. Uh, Tennessee's a 35-point favorite total of 68. Um, another game I think we're all going to watch because it's Thursday and there's nothing happening. Jake's, Jake's a Tennessee fan, so uh, he'll obviously be watching. Uh, 
Uh, yeah, I, I, I mean, I don't even know what to say. Cousin Jared, do you have, do you have words on this game? Because, I mean, well, I, 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 I want to hear what, what Jake has to say. Um, and, yeah. and, then, and then maybe I can respond to that. But but no, off the top of my head, there's nothing that strikes me strongly about this game. T- Tennessee should be good, right, Jake? Yes, I, I'm excited for this year. It's been a while yeah. since I've been able to be excited coming into a year. Yeah. But, like, Hendon Hooker looks great. We brought back Cedric Tillman. Those two are just an incredible. The line should be better than it was last year if we can stay healthy defense if we can stay healthy we should be good but i'm actually going towards the under here i i don't think uh ball state's got the offense to score the points and i don't think tennessee's going to just try to put up a stupid number with it being up there around 68 i think they're going to be fine uh like last year playing uh bowling green out of the same conference at a very similar team the score is 36 it's a near 68 number, and it's going to take a little bit to get some of these pieces going, and because it's a a lot of new uh, weapons for, for Tennessee besides Tillman and Hooker, and I mean Small's back, but kind of thin at the running back with the Whitehead injury. Uh, so I, I don't think they're going to push it too much. I think you're going to get a little bit of everybody in this game, and that uh, 60 under 68 is looking really good. So, so Jake, I, I have one question, and I'll, and I'll get to you because Jared, uh, Jake, did you find a quarterback who knows not to run out of bounds after the game has ended? Somehow, that guy is still on the roster. Um, <sighs> very confused, but right. that wasn't Hooker; that was Milton. There you and go. At least, at least, is that the starter, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, Milton started the year last year. Everybody yeah. forgets that. I mean, Hinda Hooker put up those crazy numbers and didn't yeah. get to play like or played. I don't think he played every game, he, but he definitely didn't start every game. So giving him a full year with the every like a whole spring as a starter, it should look really good for him. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Cousin Joe, do you have do you have any response? Uh, I mean, other than I, I think your response is like, oh, under, I like it, right? Like, I feel like that's where you're going with this. Yeah, like, like you know, like something about you know the first to cast stones and like glass houses and so, <laughs> something like that. So, yeah, yeah. You know, I'm never gonna fault somebody for playing the under uh, ever. Uh, what I would say is this does feel similar to me the A&M's first game last season against Kent State, where you know you got. Kent State was really good on offense, but like AM was just going to dominate in the trenches. It was going to be really tough yeah. for for the opposing offense to get going. And then, you know, to 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 his point, I mean, what does Tennessee have to prove in this game, right? Like, who cares? Yeah. Get the backups in, you know, run some clock in the second half. Don't get don't get hurt. Like, get get, get the reps, get the guys in, but also exactly. also mix and match personnel so you can see what's going on. Get guys yep. get guys a lot of reps. I mean, yeah, there's a, there's a lot of you shouldn't be playing all your all your starters sixty minutes of this one. Yes, yes. So so with all that being said, though, I played more than a couple of Tennessee unders last year, and it never worked <laughs> out for me, absolutely no. ever. So no. this is one that that I'm sitting out on just because like I still have some scars from Tennessee last year I think so I think this is a good play I think it makes sense I just can't bring myself to do it I, I get it I get it but I mean I, I like they got Pittsburgh coming up the next week so I don't yeah, think they're going to yeah. show all the toys yep, they're not going to yep. show everything they want to get out of there healthy because that's a big run there because I, th- I think he, if I remember correctly it's Pittsburgh L- at LSU and then Florida at home so wow. they, I think there might be another game in between there I, I don't know it's still, sure. still a tough start yeah, it's a tough start, so it's just, hey, important, let's get important some games, Important games to win. I mean, that's about LSU, yeah. maybe not as good as normal LSU, but like a game you need to win, and then Florida obviously big for uh, divisional purposes. So, yeah, yeah. some big, so some big games. 
Uh, I, I, the dog's barking, which is perfect. Uh, I'm on the dog here. Uh, Jake, I hope you're right about the under because the under correlates with the dog here. Uh, we talked about correlated parlays. This might be a good one to do because uh, if, if Wall State covers or and or if it goes under the other one is much more likely to hit because the way this goes awry is if Tennessee, Tennessee scores 60 points themselves neither of us really think that can happen um 35 in my opinion is way too many points the model says 27.4 uh Tennessee can obviously run away with this game if they want to I'm just not sure that they want to and on top of that there are a lot more ways that this game finishes where Ball State wins than not like Tennessee can win by 35 and we push 34, 31, 28, 27, 24. There's a lot of numbers where you're like, all those are reasonable outcomes and nobody would bat an eye. The reasonable outcomes where Tennessee covers this number is 38, 41, 42. But beyond that, it gets unreasonable. So just counting on your hands how many reasonable ways this game ends. I mean, Ball State's not a terrible team. And like you said, Tennessee's not probably going to, you know, have any desire to run it up. I think 35 is way too many points. Minus 105, even better. It's an A-grade play for me at this number. It's an A-grade play not at this number, but gosh, I love 35. I think go ahead and lock that in because 35 could easily happen and we've got that push protection. So I love this number. And if if that's right, and again, it's correlated with Jake's underplay. So those uh, hopefully tie together and both of those are winners. Three other Thursday games to talk about. Another conference game here. Uh, we already talked about the one conference game uh, in the Big Ten. That's uh, early in the week there with uh, Illinois and Indiana. We've got another one here with Penn State-Purdue right off the bat with conference play, 8 p.m. Eastern. Penn State's a three-and-a-half-point road favorite at Purdue. Model says 4.3, so the model likes laying three-and-a-half with Penn State. Model would probably be okay even laying four, knowing that has that push protection. Model thinks Penn State's a lot better team. Uh, it's a C-grade pick. I'm giving myself the opportunity to add more later in the week if it drops to three. Three is a number I really like to lay with Penn State. It's just not there now. So three and a half is an okay play, but it, I just think it's okay. It's not one I, I'm, I'm running to the window to make. I, I'll lock it in because I think four is just as likely as three. Seven is probably more likely than Purdue winning. Uh, but it's it just three and a half is just not an exciting number here. So only a C-grade pick for me on Penn State. Total is 53. Uh, Cousin Jared, what do you have for us on this one? So no, no play for me here. I, I would have a very difficult time laying the points with, with Penn State, though. Just looking at their schedule last year in, in conference games, in their conference wins, they scored 16 points. They scored 24 points. They scored 31 points against Maryland, um, you know, Maryland's defense. Yeah, uh, not, not quite, highly, highly questionable, yeah, uh, what yeah. I would say, and, and yeah. 20, 28 against Rutgers. Uh, I, I just don't trust uh, Penn State's um, offense at all, really. And I, I don't know what Purdue's going to be like this year with uh, losing their top two receivers, losing Karloftis, a really good defensive end. Uh, so I've got some questions about them as well. But the thing is, I do have faith in Purdue to put up some reasonable amount of points. And so then, you know, what's Penn State going to do? So uh, no play for me here. I think this is going to be an exciting game. I mean, Penn State has a way of always playing these exciting games. I feel like Purdue always plays really exciting conference games at the beginning of the season yeah. as well. So I think it's going to be be fun to watch. But uh, for me, it's just going to be fun to watch. No, no, no skin in the game on this one. And let me ask you, let me follow up with that real quick, Jared, because I, I know that uh, the talk was that Penn State's offense is supposed to get a lot better this year. Part of that, I think, is it's hard to go that much worse. worse. Like, yeah, it, it, right. it, it, obviously, they could be worse, right? They weren't terrible, but like for Big Ten standards, they were pretty bad, right? Which is yeah. kind of saying something. Uh, are, are you buying into any of that, or are you even optimistic, or are you just like you have no idea? Because I, I know that's the talk of they've got the talent, they got it's supposed to supposed to yeah. be better on offense, and and that would help a little bit. Their defense is supposed to be great. I mean, you see the total of fifty three. They the, the the, the idea is they can kind of slow down Purdue. Yeah. But that offense, it's a question. What, what do you, 
Do you think I, I can do better? Yeah. I, so, the, so the answer to the question is, is I don't know. The, the thing is, is I feel like we've kind of been saying that they should be improved since like Saquon Barkley and Joe Moorhead left and we could just kind of keep waiting and it hasn't happened yet. Yeah. So um, sure. definitely all the, the, the pieces are there, but they've kind of entered the territory where I, I'm going to have to see like a game or two at least before I just assume that the offense is going to be fixed. That makes sense. Jake, what do you think? Yeah, there's way too many question marks here because uh, with either team, like you said, Penn State's offense is just a giant question mark, with, especially with Clifford still there. Um, and then what, what is Purdue going to be able to do? Like, they're not really going to be able to run the ball that well against this Penn State defense. Is Aiden O'Connell going to be able to make magic happen with that without David Bell to really draw a lot of attention? So it's just I'm staying away from this one. It's going to be the best game of the night to watch because it should be a really tight game. But there's nothing about the numbers or the prices that's really going to make me excited. And so I'm probably going to stay away from this one, no matter what that number does. Yeah. Uh, t- two other Thursday games to talk about. And, you know, we covered uh, one or two of them already on uh, the first episode. But uh, the other two here we got to talk about, uh, probably not games you're going to want to watch either. Not as good of games. But, again, we're covering on this episode so that you have a little bit more time to think about them before uh, they happen on Thursday. Louisiana Tech at Missouri. Uh, I'm on a B play here with LaTeX at plus 19 and a half, minus 105 odds. I think that this is too many points for Missouri. Model says 16.3. Uh, 17 seems like a pretty solid number for this game. Uh, 19 and a half, I'm getting a few extra points. Uh, I don't know what to make of Missouri. They were all over the map last year. Uh, I don't really know what to make of LaTeX either. Missouri is definitely a better team at home, but I mean, it just seems like a lot of points for week one, uh, Thursday night game. You know, if there's still any questions with Missouri's defense, LaTeX doesn't have to score that many points and they should be able to cover this number. Uh, but it's obviously not going to be one that's uh, likely to be a competitive game at the end. The only question is how much does Missouri win by? Like I said, I think it's too many points. I think Missouri probably wins a boring game, uh, probably by 14, 17, something like that. But I think 19 and a half makes some sense. It's a big great play for me. Cousin Jared, what do you think? Missouri new new quarterback, you know what what's he going to look like in his first? It's not his first start. I think he started the bowl game against Army last year. But um, so I, I think some unknowns with the Missouri offense there. It, like you said, th- this game's not going to be super interesting. I, I will be interested to see how Louisiana Tech plays throughout the season because historically they were always you know seven, eight wins, nine wins mm-hmm. every year, pretty consistent. Uh, and then last year they just kind of fell off the cliff, had a, had a pretty bad season. And I believe they hired the uh, they hired Sonny Cumbie, I believe from from Tech. I believe it's the new head coach there. Um, so that's going to be interesting. Uh, anytime you can get a former Texas Tech quarterback under Michael Leach as head coach anywhere, it, yeah. it's probably going to produce exciting football. So I'm just hoping that, that they you have to assume play. you have to assume there'll be an offensive uptick. Exactly. <laughs> Nothing else. Exactly. Maybe a defensive downturn, but probably an offensive uptick. Yeah. Uh, and so I, I just hope that they kind of turn around, have a little bit better season, more competitive and, and, you know, have some fireworks. Hopefully in this game, they just do something crazy. And this game ends up being like 63 to 35 or something like that. <laughs> that, would, that would be wild. Yeah. <laughs> Jake, what do you got? Yeah, this is one I'm skipping. I don't know that much about Louisiana Tech, especially with the new coach and everything. So I want to see how that goes. And then I can't trust Missouri to do anything. I could have run 100 yards on that defense at times last year, and that would have taken me three days just to run that with nobody else on the field. Uh, that, but, yeah, that is correct. That is correct. I, the professor and I watched Vanderbilt run up and down on against Missouri last season. And I, think I, and I think I had the under in that game and, and lost it with like three minutes left on like yeah. a 75-yard touchdown run. But who who remembers those things? Who, who, who's yeah, keep, yeah, no one yeah, knows. Who's, who's keeping track? <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I, I agree that Missouri defense just – at times competent, at times just looked 
unbelievably <laughs> yeah. bad. Uh, yeah. I, I think my, my kind of summary, summary thought on this is I don't necessarily disagree with what either one of you are saying. It's a B pick for me on LaTeX with all these points, partially because, A, again, we talked about it previously. I tend to trust the model fairly well early on. It tends to be right more times than wrong. But also early on, and, and I'll, lay, I'll lay a big number with a few teams uh, with Michigan on episode one. But in general, I think early on, especially first game, like default looks should probably be dogs. You're probably going to see a handful of these big favorites. You're going to see a handful win by like 50 and cover a big number. But you're going to see probably more covers from these big underdogs than not. Not enough to just blindly take all of them, but I think there's some dogs that make sense here because I think more of these big dogs are going to cover than not. You're just going to remember the one that doesn't because one of these big dogs is going to lose by 60 and it's going to be embarrassing. You just don't know which one it's going to be. Right. Uh, but I just think it's too many points. And again, like you said, like you all said, we don't really know a whole lot about either one of these teams other than question marks all around. So give me a ton of points and we'll see if it's quasi interesting, I guess. Yep. Another game that... Uh, is being played is being is happening uh new mexico state of minnesota has somebody has to win I, I feel like minnesota has to win this one um yeah. 9 p.m eastern kickoff minnesota's a 36 and a half point favorite i'm taking new mexico state with 36 and a half points i think it's too many points here they've got a game under their they've got a game under their belt uh that helps uh, i watched that game we talked about it previously it was ugly um it's the best word i can use for it in case there are kids watching <laughs> I will say the true freshman quarterback from New Mexico, New Mexico State looked pretty good. He looked amazing for New Mexico State standards. Um, he did make a couple of freshman mistakes. You expect that. He's going to make some mistakes against Minnesota. He is going to throw a couple of interceptions. Absolutely. He looked decent enough and knew – impressed me for a true freshman, especially against the prevent defense that Nevada was using until the very end. Uh, I feel like Minnesota is going to be in a prevent defense the entire fourth quarter. I think New Mexico State scores some late points. I don't think they get shut out. I think they score, you know, 14 late, and that's probably enough to cover this. It's just too many points. But New Mexico State is a terrible football team on the road, so I'm not doing any more than a C-grade pick because I don't want – I mean, this game could easily be 52 to nothing at the half, and then I don't want to be that invested in it. I could just go to bed. So only a C-grade pick. I just think it's too many points. Model says it's pretty accurate, but I mean – I think I'd probably make this number 35. The fact that we win if it lands 35, I think it offers a tiny bit of value. I think you should push at 35. I think 35 is probably actually the most likely outcome in this game. So I'll take 36 and a half, but only a C grade pick. Total is 52. Uh, Cousin Jared, can you give us a reason to watch this game? Uh, no, unless you just <laughs> like trying. have some some very t t twisted interests. Uh, I, I was doing the 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 math here. I'm going to guess that the team total for uh, New Mexico State ends up around like seven and a half or something like that. And I may take maybe we take the under on the seven. And I, a half. I I think they get to fourteen. I'm standing by my prediction. Oh man, I don't know. At this least ten. Yeah. I don't know. This Minnesota D. I mean, yes. When you get down to the end of the game, who knows who's actually playing yep. for Minnesota? Yep. Um, yep. Especially early in the season like this. But I just, I, I think like the first two and a half or three quarters just yeah. to be really difficult for New Mexico State to to move the ball. So no, don't don't watch this. I, I would not play under seven and a half if that's what it is. I, I, I mean, you have to imagine New Mexico State gets lucky with something—a big play, uh, a turnover. Yeah. Their kicker looked good last week. You never know how kickers are at these levels. Uh, they get. I, they get a field goal in the first two and a half quarters. They get a garbage touch. They get to 10 easily, I, I think. Right. I, I wouldn't play under seven and a half, uh, under 10 and a half maybe, but I think they get to 10. 
You see it how you see it. I see it how I see it. I can't believe we're talking about this. Uh, Jake, yeah. uh, put us out of our misery. Yeah, this is one that I wouldn't watch even if I was a Minnesota fan because only bad things happen. It's true. Like, it's so true. There is not yeah. a great way to like maybe watch the first quarter and then yeah. after that just go yeah. somewhere else. Yeah. Just, or go to, uh, go to bed, go out, whatever you want to do. Yeah. 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 Just, yeah. just nothing good will happen. Like, not that like. Terrible things are. It's just there's no way that the there's no upside out of this because yeah, it's it's like we talk about anytime your team gets up big, the same thing. It's like don't stay up late to watch it because like either they're gonna win, they were up big, great, or they're gonna lose, and you don't want to see that because then that means you just were gonna be really pissed off. You just rather see it in the morning at least have you good night of sleep, you know? Yeah, you got you got to go to work the next day from yeah. most cases, so yeah. just just don't go mad. Just go to yeah. bed, watch the first yeah. quarter, and then go to sleep. Go do whatever yeah. you can do. Uh, a few Friday games. We'll cover the rest of them on our third show of the week, but we're going to cover one of them right here. Late game, 10 p.m. Eastern. TCU at Colorado. Uh, earlier in this week uh, for episode one, this number was at 11.5. Model says 10.5, so I was comfortable taking Colorado at 11.5. I thought it was an okay play. Probably would have been a C grade. But as the numbers got up to 13.5, I think it's a wrong I – don't, I don't think it's a good move. I, I don't think this number should be that high. Uh, again, I think 10 or 11 makes a lot more sense. Uh, 13.5, pretty solid number here for Colorado. I think it's too many points for the home team. That's a B grade pick for me on the Buffaloes. I, I, TCU is a better team. Um, I'm just not sure how much better they are. TCU the last several years has been more mediocre than our brains probably want to remember because we're thinking about the times that TCU has been good, but I mean, they've just been kind of a mediocre team and not that Colorado has been good, but Colorado at home, it's a tougher place to play with the travel being a little bit weirder. Friday night, late night game, Pac-12 after dark type stuff. I mean, 13 and a half just seems like too many points. I don't know what the heck's going to happen here. A B grade play, A grade play at 14. I think 14 is way too many. If he gets to 14, I really love that. But at 13 and a half, it's a B grade play. Total 55. Uh, Cousin Jared, uh, give, give, us, give us something to watch here on this one. So, uh, well, what I will say is, you know, AM went and played Colorado in Denver last year, and that game was really close. I think it was like 10 7, something like that. And so, ugly game. Yeah, Colorado definitely has the ability to ugly things up. The problem is, is as the season went on, they, they went from uglying things up to just being ugly. Yeah. And yeah. so I, I think that's probably why you're seeing the line movement the, uh, the way that you have. Um, I, I, there's nothing like particularly that strikes me about this game. The only thing that I would say is, and, and I, I can't remember his name, but uh, they they are I've heard a lot of things about one of the quarterbacks for TCU. They didn't really think that he was going to be the starter, but he's come in and made a lot of plays during um, spring ball and, and during fall camp. So I, I think TCU is probably going to be rotating some quarterbacks uh, throughout this game, but I, I've heard some, some good things. And if TCU can get a dynamic quarterback, then, you know, that that's going to solve some of the problems that they've had the past few years. Yep. Yep. Jake. Yeah. I'm, I'm riding Colorado with you. I think it's just too many points. Um, I was I was leaning towards it when it was 11, 10, 11 right there, and then when it jumped back up, I was I hopped on it. Um, I, I just I don't think the new coaching staff at TCU is going to be enough to fix that run D yet, and that's going to do enough to keep Colorado in the game because they've got a good enough secondary to not just get smoked by TCU's receivers. Like they've got a good passing attack, but it's not going to be great enough to just run through this Colorado team. So I think. Them being able to control the ball, and there's a slight chance if Colorado gets any kind of decent production and non turnovers out of a quarterback that they might be able to pull off a win here with it being at home because they played better at home towards the end of the year. Um, then and TCU played really bad on the road, so kind of leaning that way, but I think plus the points is the play here, yeah. Colorado, like I said, a tough place to play traveling into the altitude. Uh, baseball, hey, our baseball picks have been doing continuing to do really well. It, 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 
Friday, if Friday baseball picks go well before this game gets going, I'm telling you, drop a half unit on that Colorado money line at massive plus odds. I'm I'm with you, Jake. I I don't necessarily think Colorado wins this game, yeah, but yeah. Pac-12 after dark in the altitude, I don't really know what's going to happen because you talked about the game last year. Part of Colorado struggles as the year went on was they had zero depth. Well, now the depth isn't an issue. Everybody's healthy. You're most everybody's healthy coming out of camp. So. I think Colorado low total going to ugly this game up. Um, I, I just, like I said, I think the points are a smart play. TCU probably wins this game by seven or 10 or something like that. But like I said, I think Colorado's worth a flyer at the crazy plus odds you're going to get on it. Um, but if nothing else, like I said, both Jake and I like getting 13 and a half. We'd love 14, but 13 and a half, I still think is a great investment. One noon game to talk about in this episode on Saturday, 12 Eastern NC State at East Carolina. NC State is an 11-point road favorite, total of 54 and a half. Model says 11.8 for this. I'll take NC State with the B-grade pick laying 11. I like the minus 105 odds. East Carolina has been a team that when they're bad, they are really, really bad. And so I just think that there's I just think there's more ways that this goes wrong for East Carolina and NC State runs away with this game and makes them look foolish. East Carolina occasionally frisky and hangs in there. Uh, so I mean, it, it's one of those where I think either East Carolina hangs in there and it's like, whoa, they got a chance to win this, or NC State wins by 24. Uh, I'll take my chances with NC State. I, like I said, I, I like the minus 105 odds. I think 11's a little bit too short. I'd probably be going closer to 13 on this number personally. Um, not really a game that I think will be overall like overly worth watching other than there's not a lot of noon games, but uh, maybe it stays interesting. I hope it doesn't hope NC state runs away with it. I think they can cousin Jared. Uh, what do you got for us? Well, the quarterback for ECU Holton Ehlers, another guy who's been, I think he's back for his 15th season. this year. <laughs> um, so I, here's the thing with, with ECU. I, I think ECU is actually going to be a, a pretty good team this year by, by AAC standards. Like I think they're probably the fifth best team in the AAC behind Houston, Cincinnati, uh, SMU, and UCF. I think they're probably number five there. I'd have them above Memphis. Um, but I know from a, uh, a wagering perspective, they have been frustrating because in games that they should blow teams out, they've kept it close. And in games where they should get blown out, they find a way to kind of ugly it up and keep it closer than it should be. Um, so, And I know the thing with NC State is there's been a lot of hype around them this year. Everybody seems to think that they're going to have a really good team. And that could definitely be the case. Uh, but it's just one of those things where I, I, I see things on both sides that, that um, you know, raise some questions. And I feel like NC State, like once every six or seven years, they're supposed to have a really good team. And then it just ends up falling apart. And then they'll have a season where they're not supposed to be that great. And they'll win nine games. So I, I don't really have like a ton of confidence that everybody's saying they're going to have a great season is going to lead to that great season. So uh, nothing here that really uh, sways me one way or the other. But if this game's like close in the, the fourth quarter, it, it would not surprise me because ECU has usually has a way of uh, playing down or up to their level of competition. Right. And, and that's why I said, I think, I think this game is one of two ways. It's either that going to be tight late and yeah. they might accidentally win the game. Or I think NC state just, just like you yeah. said, is, is actually the hype is real. They're going to, yeah. they're going to go into the road and they're going to dominate. It's going to be a game where they won't be maybe, I mean, East Carolina, has some home fans but i mean it'll be still half nc state fans that sort of thing yeah. and they'll just go they'll they'll dominate or it's a tight game and and uh, either one of those is for sure on the table like we talked about there's always a way you could lose every single bet you make uh yeah. the way you lose this one is east carolina like you said uglies it up hangs in there but uh i, I kind of think nc state is more likely to dominate than that scenario but i'm like you i'm not overly confident why it's only a b grade right. break uh jake what's your angle on this one yeah my first thing is I don't understand why this game was scheduled at ECU. Like, I know it's done way in the future and stuff, but what benefit does that give you for North Carolina State? That, that seems like all the benefits at 
for East Carolina scheduling this game at yeah. ECU. Like, because that, that's their Super Bowl every year, yeah. I, would think, I would think. Like, going in, beating up on Big Brother, like, that's everything. But someone might know it might, it might be a home and home, or it might be sometimes yeah. it, we've seen schools do is the home home road and home where it's like we'll mm-hmm. play twice at our place once at your place so i don't know maybe someone knows yeah. uh, uh exactly what the details are on that but uh, yeah, I'm, yeah not, not not ideal it's, it's kind of like yeah. we talked about for years was like the going to boise thing where you're like you just didn't want to no one wanted to do it right yeah. <laughs> it's almost yeah. the same sort of thing there's certain games you're like yeah this could also be a one state school doing another state school a favor because the be. legislator is buddy buddy with yeah. another legislator or something <laughs> it's like true that, so. we see that <laughs> stuff we're seeing it with the conference realignment stuff with like the yeah. Oregon and washington you know yeah. uh, state senators trying to do things to keep those teams so yeah. yeah you never know what happens with that stuff <laughs> yeah yeah it's not, like i said it's just i I don't see the benefit for NC State, but whatever. I think they go in and dominate this one. I, I think the NC State team is defense is nasty from every level. I think almost to the point where you almost play the under every time they play, especially early on. Just Jared's getting excited. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just because like they're that good until that number catches up. But I, I'm I'm riding with NC State minus eleven. I think that number is way short. Um, NC State's defense is getting all the hype, and I'm part of the ones that are like saying how great the season is going to be. So it's going to come back to bite me, but uh, the offense isn't bad. Bringing back Larry is they should be able to score tons of points. And with that defense, they should be able to run ECU out of their own field. All right. We've got a handful of games left. Most of these are big games, except for one. Uh, that'll be kind of the laugh for all these, but the rest of these games are all interesting games on Saturday, bigger games, three 30 Eastern Oregon at Georgia, uh, Oregon last year, as everyone knows, went into the horseshoe, beats Ohio State handily. A, a game that the underlying metrics of that game, Oregon didn't quite dominate like the scoreboard indicated, but I mean, they went in there and they hung with Ohio State and got the points when they needed them to. A similarly tall task here, um, having to play Georgia. This game is, uh, this is one of the games that's in the Georgia Dome. I believe, yes. and it's so it's uh, so it's technically a neutral site game. I'm I, I think I put in the in, in the sheet I put like no because I'm not tra- I'm treating it like it's full home field advantage. I mean they are going to have to travel a tiny little bit, but I mean it's massively long travel for Oregon. It will be almost all Georgia fans. This is basic. This is a Georgia home game for the most part. So I, I think they still should get full home field advantage. They're favored by 17 and a half right now. Uh, I think. A lot of people would jump all over Georgia at 17, myself included. At 17 and a half, it just, you gotta personally just have a, a rougher feeling in my stomach on it. Uh, total is 53 and a half. I still lean Georgia at 17 and a half. I know what happened last year with Oregon, Ohio State, but I just think this Georgia team is a lot better than Oregon. Only a C grade pick, though. I, like I said, I just don't love the 17 and a half. I'm giving myself the opportunity as the week goes along, though. If it does drop to 17, we can add more on Georgia. Uh, but at 17 and a half, it's a lean. It's just not, it's just a hook, just not loving it. But yeah. I think Georgia's a much better team than Oregon. Yeah. I don't know. Cousin Jared, what do you think? Well, first of all, pour one out for you calling it the Georgia Dome. It's pretty sure the Georgia Dome's been gone. It's like the Mercedes Benz. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, did the Astros still play in the Astrodome? I'm pretty sure they are, right? Yeah. Well, the Astrodome's still there, but let's, that's true. That's going to be, that's going to be like the fourth solo podcast is what's going to happen with the Astrodome. Yeah. So, I'll let y'all talk about the side. The total here, 53 and a half. Like, I was like thinking through to to myself, like what are the scenarios that could possibly play out in this game uh, regarding the total? And it was like, I said to myself, okay, maybe like, you know, 
21-34, that would make the game go over. But just, you know, I, I want to kind of hear what y'all think on this. Does 34-21 sound like too many points to y'all in this game? How, do, how does Oregon score 21 on that defense? Okay, that was my first reaction, yeah, too, I as I was thinking about it. Like, there. that does sound like too many points. I think it's, it's, not, it's not impossible. Anything can happen in sports. There's no locks in gambling, right? All, the, all those things. It would have to take... A, a big plays that Georgia doesn't usually allow. It would have to take turnovers. It would have to take punt returns, but Georgia's good on special teams too. It would have to take things that would surprise me to get to 21. I, I think 13 is more reasonable where they might move the ball a little bit, get one touchdown, a couple of field goals. Like I could see 13, maybe I mean, they, 17. They did, 21 they just seems like D coordinator as their head coach. So maybe there's a slight advantage there and Bo Nix isn't unfamiliar. So maybe. I, I like the only though like uh, there's too many things that have to go right for them to get to 21. Yeah, or, yeah. it's like, not impossible. Yeah, so yeah, just things. Everything has to go right for them. I feel like a lot of things that I'm that I uh, uh, multiple things that I'd be surprised would have to happen would have to happen as opposed to like one of those things. Absolutely, it's football, right? But like, yeah, I'd have to have a lot of things go weird for me to feel like 21 seems possible. Yeah, so so I, I agree. Landing being there does make me wonder, will they have some brief advantage at the beginning of the game? Because maybe he knows like what Bennett's weaknesses are or something that he can exploit with the Georgia offense, maybe. Um, I, I don't see Bo Nix being a big difference maker in this game. I mean, like there are some teams where the Bo Nix experience can Absolutely. make a difference against well, Georgia. Georgia's <laughs> it, is, it, is, it is not one of those. I, I think mean, a lot of the Pac-12, I think it can, because some of those Pac-12 defenses with a couple holes, like Bo Nix, yeah. obviously you never know what you're going to get. We talk about him a lot. Yeah. Could lead really awry, but obviously, like he could just shred a couple of those teams. But I don't. Yeah, think he's going to shred Georgia. Yeah. So if this game were to go over, I, I I'm actually kind of on the other side of it. I think that after the national championship game, Stetson Bennett's like, I'm the biggest badass in this room, and he's just coming out and slinging it around, and, and, and Georgia opens up their offense a little bit. I'm not saying that's what they're going to do. They probably won't. Um, but but I would. I'm saying I have more faith in Georgia to score a lot of points probably than I do Oregon. It would cause this to go over. Anyway. All of this is a really long way to say I have no official play right now, but the longer I look at this total, the the more ways I see it going under than going over. So mm -hmm. like, I, like I've said before, stay with us all week, all of our, our uh, shows, watch us on Twitter, watch us on BetStamp. Maybe this is something I, I play later in the week because the more I think about it, the more the under is appealing. Yeah, I think we didn't talk about ton about Georgia in the SEC season preview, but I have a lot of questions about Stetson Bennett. I think the, the Heisman Trophy is on the table. I think mm. – falling apart and being very mediocre <laughs> is on the table. I think, yeah, I think anything is on the table after what the national championship, like I, yeah. I have no idea what's going to happen. I'm, I'm glued to my seat watching yeah, Georgia. Yeah. Just if nothing else at the beginning is just see what they do with him. Because like I said, I yeah. think it, uh, there's very few things that could happen that I'd be like, that's surprising. I'd be like, almost they'd be like, okay, that's that, that checks. Like, I don't yeah. know what to, what yeah. to make. Uh, Jake, what, what do you think on this one? Yeah. Right now I'm not making a play. I really want Georgia at 17. Yeah. That, yeah. that half is killing me. Yeah, uh, yeah. But, I mean, I know this Georgia defense is like, lost a lot. But when you start looking at it, they're bringing some of the key players back. Uh, Ringo in the secondary still bringing him back. Who made the final interception. They kind of put the national championship away. You've got Nolan Smith and Jalen Carter still playing with Stackhouse. And then a, a whole host of running backs that are just going to run through people and then Brock, you got Brock Bowers and a lot of that offensive line is back. This, ah, man, this is, like, I don't understand this. Uh, I mean, it's so hard right here because I want the 17 just because I don't know what I'm going to get out of Oregon and they showed flashes. Like, even after 
beating uh, Ohio or beating Ohio State, they dropped what Stanford in overtime, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. then their their net the only other two losses they had were Utah who won- Utah. So it's Utah, Utah. <laughs> yeah. So so I mean, like they they showed flashes of being yeah. good, and they've got got the talent. And they probably upgraded a little bit, especially on the defensive side, bringing in Georgia's D coordinator. I can't ever remember his name. Uh, so like, I, it's just a lot of unknown. But I think I'm more than likely to take Georgia as the week goes on. I'll probably talk myself into it, but right now I'm staying away unless it goes under 17 or under well, 17 and a half. Yeah, I, I have two more things to say. We move on. Uh, number one, uh, I think that Georgia's entire second string defense last year would have been better than all but about five defenses in the country. Yeah. Um, second thing I'll say is I, I I hate saying stuff like this, and I'm going to do it anyway because I open myself up to looking like a fool. But hey, I I, I open myself up putting myself on the show to look like a fool. That's what happens, right? Um, <laughs> I feel, and I don't have any data to back this up, but this feels like a game that either that the, that the hook might not matter it feels like a game that the hook doesn't matter and i'm with you i really want 17 more as well and I, we're kind of obsessing over this number i'm not sure we should it, it's it's trying to fight the impulse of like trying to be smart and and responsible and follow our rules and follow our you know what we know works and that sort of stuff but i'm wondering if the hook really matters here this feels like a game that either oregon's going to hang in there accidentally and we're all going to be really surprised and and maybe they win or maybe they lose close but it feels like either Oregon hangs in there or Georgia's up 35 nothing at the half and we're like oh boy yeah yeah I I'm opening myself up to look like a moron here but I just don't know if the hook really matters and I so like I said I'm kind of fighting that with myself as well I I just I think there's more ways that Georgia just kicks the crap out of Oregon hangs around and like they lose by seven or they win close and we're like wow good job Oregon and we're all obsessing over the hook and like you're gonna lose either way it doesn't really matter on that scenario you know yeah and and I have to say one more thing because I'm gonna I'm gonna mention this every time we talk about Oregon and every time we talk about Cal this year why did Justin Wilcox turn down the Oregon (sighs) job I have no idea. And I will bring this up on every show until I guess I'm tired of it. I don't think we'll ever get an answer. But maybe someone will post it. Maybe some post in the comment if you know why. Yeah. Yes, we talked yes. about it in the preview. We were, we were all like maybe the pressure. I, maybe, maybe so. Maybe he, he didn't want to live the lifestyle of like a high profile coach like that at, at a school that has big expectations. Profile like USC. Expectations. There, yeah. There's there's higher expectations. Yes, probably not like high profile. Like maybe maybe, yeah. maybe he hates the color green. That would maybe also doesn't or like yellow, Nike. or yeah, maybe he's well, an Adidas Cal, guy. Cal's yellow. Yeah, yeah, maybe he's an Adidas. Yeah, doesn't like Nike. <laughs> yeah. Uh, anyway, moving on. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the other game uh, at that time slot that really interesting: Cincinnati and Arkansas, three thirty Eastern kickoff. Uh, Arkansas is a six and a half point favorite. Model says it should be Arkansas minus two and a half. Model thinks these two teams are about equal on a neutral field. I'm all over Cincinnati at six and a half. A grade play for me. I have no idea if the model's right on this. Like I said, I generally just trust the model on these things. I think Arkansas is going to be good. I think Cincinnati is going to be good. The question you have with Cincinnati, and the thing you have to ask yourself is, what the heck was last year? Because they started amazing and looked every bit as much of a top four team. And I'm not just talking about, we also talk about when we get to the playoff, the resume, right? And, and and what they've done on the field and that sort of stuff. But I'm talking about, they actually look like a top four talent team. Like a, like they deserve to be there. And then they had a stretch where they look like they might go 500 in conference and they barely won some of those games. And then they get to the playoff. And I mean, they did as well as any three or four seed has done other than like one or two in the history of the playoff. I mean, they got to be pretty bad, but I mean, they hung in there pretty well in that game i don't know what you're going to get from cincinnati necessarily they they, they lost a few pieces of course but I, I think they've got a, i think they've got a lot of guys 
stepping in, I still think they're going to be pretty good. I think Arkansas will be pretty good. I think this can be a fascinating game. I think it's an under-the-radar game. I think people talking more about some of the big games. I think we get to the end of the season, and this game could be the difference between one of these teams getting to 10 wins or 11 wins or something crazy like that. You know, Obviously, less for Arkansas, tougher schedule. But I think both these teams are really good. I'm taking the 6.5 for Cincinnati. I think they can hang in there. Maybe they lose by 7. Uh, but I think they can hang in there. Easily lose by a field goal, easily lose by six, easily lose by four, uh, easily get this game to overtime, and a lot of those are good for me. So, a great play for me on Cincinnati. Total 52. Uh, Cousin Jerry, what do you got for us? Man, Cincinnati just lost so many players on that defense from last year. I want to say that the Cincinnati defense may have set the record for like most players drafted off one unit from a non-power five yep. I think, team I think right. or, or something like that. Uh, they lost a, a lot of people there. But the thing is, you turn around on the Arkansas side, like don't get me wrong. I I, I picked Arkansas when they played Texas last year. Mm-hmm. I was very proud of myself for that. Arkansas just push Texas around yep, in did. that game. The problem is as the as the season went on, that was hit or miss. Some games they would yep. do that and some games they would have problems. Obviously SEC schedule makes that a little more difficult. The other thing Which, is- Which, hold on, I want to stop you right there. Just We always go back and look at things in the season. We, we always look back and we say, sometimes it's like, oh, that was confusing, but it makes sense now. And we look back and we say, that was kind of confusing, but that was kind of a weird game, that Texas-Arkansas game. And yeah, I feel like yeah. it really threw our perceptions off of both of those teams. Uh, not that Texas was good. It's just, yeah, the type of game and the way that played out stylistically wasn't yeah. as predictive as we thought it would be going forward. It was a very weird game. And like you said, then Arkansas later on not being able to do that all the time, but sometimes doing it perfectly. I, it was a very weird setup in hindsight looking yeah. back on that. Yeah. And, and the other thing with Arkansas is they lost Burks. Their rec- he was their best receiver last year. And there were games where his presence didn't matter, kind of like the Texas game. Mm-hmm. But then there were games against like AM where AM could literally not move the ball at all. And they were still hung in that game. And the only reason they lost was because Burks had a couple of big plays. And mm-hmm. so I also have some questions about the Arkansas offense. So I mean, that was a big part of that bowl game. You know, the whole, was he going to play or not was a huge part of line movement for their bowl game because everyone knew he was like their whole offense. Exactly. So I, I, I'm not, I'm not brave enough to pick a side here. I, I think if Arkansas puts it together and all the people, uh, all the people that Cincinnati lost, you could see Arkansas covering this line. But looking at the total here, I mean, I don't know who's going to score a lot of points in this game. Yeah. I mean, I have I have faith that Fickle's defense will be solid if nothing else. And, and with the offense, you know, Cincinnati put up a lot of points last year, but so much of that is they just had the ball so often because their defense yeah. was constantly giving it back to them. Great field position. Uh, yeah, so so no play on this side here, but the more I look at this total, especially 52, 52 is a key key number. Mm-hmm. Um, if I had a lean, that would that would be one way. So again, stick with us the rest of the week. Maybe this is something I, I make a play on later. I, I saw 52, and I was a little surprised you didn't jump on 52 for fear that yeah. it goes to 51. 51 also a key number as well. Yep. Yeah. Jake? I, I'm on Arkansas here. I'm going against the model. They'll come back and bite me, I'm sure. But I just – I think that defense lost so much. Uh, and, I mean – the part that scares me is giving a good, maybe even great coach fickle look like a, what a almost a full year to prepare for this game is very scary and he'll have everything ready to go. But I don't think Desmond Ritter is that easy to replace. He did a lot and made a lot of big plays and Alec Pierce is gone also. And that was, that was a really big, but look out, but look out on the sidelines for his uh, younger brother, Resmond Fritter might be, might be making an appearance in this one. (laughs) You know, (laughs) it would be, it would be huge. (laughs) It would be huge. It would be huge if they could bring him. But then then, like you're losing Kobe Bryant and sauce Gardner, Gardner on the, on the defensive side. It just, 
I don't like. I think Cincinnati will be one of the teams at the end of the year. Everybody's like, they're very, very good. I just don't think it hits its stride week one. This is tough on the road. Like part of the reason I like Arkansas is it's at home. They're bringing back almost I think every lineman, and Pittman did a great job hiring his two coordinators, and they're all in their third year. So every everybody should know exactly what it is. KJ Jefferson, I think they had four 500 yard rushers last year, and KJ Jefferson was one of them. And I think they got two. Of the, they lost one running back, so they bring back three 500 yard rushers. Um, and uh, Jefferson also hit around 68% of his passes. So if he gets around close to that number, like I, I know it's probably going to go down losing the receiver, but I, I, I just, I think there's more ways Arkansas wins us by a touchdown than Cincinnati covers it. I think so there's, I, and this is where I guess we disagree. I think there's more ways Arkansas wins than Cincinnati wins, but I think there's a lot of ways Arkansas wins this close. Uh, it's just my take uh, on it. I, I think, it, it, and part of my belief on this, and Jake, you might disagree with me, and this is where I think you got to ask yourself, viewer, how you feel about this. And Jared, you talked about it, losing all those pieces on defense. I have faith in Luke Fickle. I, I yeah. think that it, we, you never really know when you replace those pieces exactly what's going to happen. You have a little bit of an idea sometimes when they come in and play some reps. But, I mean, it's just a whole different – then now being the starter and all the offseason stuff, you just don't really know. But, I mean, I have faith that he's going to have this defense at – one minor step back from where they were last year, not a massive step back. I think they will be pretty dang good. I have faith in him to figure this out. Uh, I think their offense will take a small step back too. I think Cincinnati's not going to be as good as last year, but I think it's going to be small steps back. I have faith in him with what he can do. Uh, retooling that team. That's, I think, where my faith comes from in this, and that's why I think they can hang in there. If you disagree with that, then I think you agree with Jake and you say that six and a half is okay because if they take a medium step back, uh, with some of those pieces being out, then I, I, I'm with you. I think Arkansas makes more sense here. So I think that's kind of the question you have to ask yourself. How much of a step back is Cincinnati going to take? I have faith in Luke Fickle. Um, if you if you have less faith, then I think Arkansas makes sense for you. Yeah, I, I just think this Arkansas defense is kind of a little bit underrated. And they've got what, one of the best names in the world at linebacker with Bumper Pool. Not yes, <laughs> yes. It's yes. just fantastic. It's just an incredible name. So, I, I mean, I'm, I'm a sucker for that kind of stuff. I love that. I just we, don't we, think- He's got enough talent yet. Like, I think they're building the program, and I think Fickle's getting it there. But there's a reason the power five or the non power five schools have a really hard time keeping up year after year after year. It's just so hard to find that talent. Yep. And I, I don't know if Cincinnati has all that talent ready to go right now. I think a couple of years from now, they may be back to the playoffs just because Fickle does such a great job developing the talent. I just don't know if that all that's there yet. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we're going to move on from this one, but one last thing I'll say here is that uh, I gave Cousin Jared a lot of crap last week. He loved the UNT under, didn't make it a two-unit play. I berated him for it uh, <laughs> off off show on text. Yeah. I was like, dude, you love this. Why is this not a two-unit play? And that was an easy under. Uh, Cousin Jared, if our next show, if you're not playing this under 52, I'm going to berate you on this one. I feel like this is this is your jam. Uh, okay. I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't understand it. I don't understand why you're not taking the under. Uh, uh, yeah. Well, look into it. Look into it and convince me why you shouldn't take the under on our next show. Because otherwise, I feel like this this is your play right here. Yeah, for the something about a dead horse. So we'll move on. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we'll, exactly. we'll talk about this later. Exactly. Uh, Saturday, five thirty Eastern. The one of the Saturday games we're talking about here that's probably not going to make your TV screen. Texas State at Nevada. The reason we're talking about it today is this line was three and a half uh, or, uh, for our first show. Nevada was favored at home 
basically saying these two teams are about equal, maybe a slight edge to Nevada with home field. Now it's down to a pick em. I love Nevada at a pick em. I want to lock it in now. A great play for me. It's minus 105. So it's basically like even money for them to win at home against a Texas State team that isn't bad uh, for sure. But the model says it should be Nevada minus seven. The model knows that Nevada was bad. Like we talked about from week one, me picking them against New Mexico State. The model had Nevada very, very low in its ratings. It's not like it thinks that Nevada is going to be good. Uh, it's just at home. I think a pick is way too much to pass up on. Um, Nevada is going to get better as the season goes along with all the young players. They have that game under their belt, which matters a lot here for all the new players they're playing. The quarterback that they play in the second half, um, tall guy who runs the ball a little bit more, I think that gives them a little bit of a different wrinkle offensively. Again, I don't think this Nevada team's good, but I think at home, I think they can get the job done. It gets a Texas State team that I'm not sure is going to have the ability to score. Not that Nevada should have really covered against New Mexico State. Part of that was turnovers. Part of that's New Mexico State's not a bad team, but I think Nevada having that game under the belt just matters a lot. They can uh, you know, do the little things. They can win this game at home. I don't understand why this lines up picking again. Model says seven. That's probably still a little bit too high. But again, the model doesn't like Nevada. It just also doesn't like Texas State. Um, Anchor pay for me on Nevada. Total 51 and a half. Because, Jerry, do you have any insight for us on this one? What I would say on this one is this goes back to what I said during during last week's show that I was on, where I, I said that I don't like making picks or I'm going to feel like an idiot as, as soon as I make them. Uh, and so this is one where I feel like if I picked a side, I'd feel like an idiot. The thing with I don't know if Texas State is that good. They haven't been that great the past few seasons. I'm honestly surprised that Jake Spavadol got another season kind um, of yeah. Uh, yeah after everything that he's, he's been through there. He just hasn't been able to turn around. I, I don't have much faith that he will turn around. I'm not saying that he can't. It's just one of those things where it's been so many years of the same, the same, the same that I kind of just expect the same this season. The let me problem, interject your, let me interject yeah. with that too. Model, model ranks Texas state 122nd out of 131 teams. Yeah. Yeah. When you said that Texas state wasn't too bad, I was like, I don't know. I think they're pretty bad. Um, <laughs> Sorry. I meant, I, I meant, yes. What I meant to say was they're obviously bad. I was trying to imply they weren't like at the, the New Mexico they, state level, UConn, UMass level. Hawaii, Hawaii level. now level. They weren't at that level yes. too bad, Correct. but I mean, they're and obviously a very, very bad team. Yes. They're in that, yes. they're just, they're not in that, that bottom, bottom group. Sorry, yes. sorry. Definitely misspoke. I guess. Yes. Yeah. So, but the problem is, is that I did watch uh, Nevada. I, I, somebody Nevada. corrected me. Yeah. yeah. Somebody corrected me in the, in the comments with my pronunciation. I'm going to say it wrong. Like half the time. Um, it's so, also, no, we, we talk about, it's also Boise, right? Not Boise, right? So there's another, another thing to yeah, yeah, basically. So anyway, the problem is, is that I've watched Nevada play a game and Nevada wasn't very good in that game against New Mexico State. They did nothing to inspire any confidence. So I completely like I'm good with your pick. I understand why that we're playing Nevada here. But the thing is, is that I would just feel like a complete idiot if Texas State gets up 10 nothing in the first quarter. And I would be like, why did I think that playing Nevada was a good idea after looking at what they did against New Mexico State? So this is a complete stay away for me. Jake, yeah, I'm I'm in the same boat as Jared. I, this is one I, watch is not the right word. I guess read into after <laughs> check out the, the box score um, after the next morning. Yeah, yeah, like because yeah. Nevada scared Nevada. Screwed it. Like absolutely scared me with the New Mexico State because I thought New Mexico State was just garbage, and then that first half happened, and I was like, oh no. Uh, so I'm, this is another one I must stay away from just because I want to see what uh, what they do before I make a start playing them. I mean, I get why you're picking them, but uh, I don't know. 
I have, I have two. I have two more things to say, and we'll move on because this obviously is a game that should, should be getting a lot of our time. But I think there's two things that are, to point out here. Number one, uh, we talked about it earlier in our first episode. I'm going to be fascinated to watch this game and the and the Minnesota New Mexico State game, not because they're going to be good football, but to try to figure out more about these two teams because that was a very surprising result. Uh, not that Nevada won by what they did. That was probably what we expected. It's just the way that it happened, and the fact that Nevada needed a floppity billion turnovers to get that result was surprising and how much of that is new mexico state maybe one day has a pulse uh quarterback again looks competent or does new mexico state go out and lose by 60 to minnesota in nevada here in this game like how they look if they get run by texas state at home that just tells us both these teams are actually yeah. really bottom two teams and we didn't realize it, but what we were seeing was maybe the worst college football game of the season in week zero uh, if Nevada wins this game handily, New Mexico State has maybe again they're not as bad. And it was just we we thought that New Mexico State was going to be really really bad. And so when Nevada played down at their level, we thought, but really it's New Mexico State still bad, but maybe not quite bottom feeder level. A right. lot to discern here that I think will be really fascinating to see. My overall thought on this game: Texas State again, 122nd out of 131. Pick them in Nevada. If you really think that Texas State's going to go in there and win this game, and I'm not saying they can't, anything happens. I'm saying if you talk about, they play this game 100 times, and if you think that Texas State wins this game 50 of those 100 times or more, what you're telling me basically is that you have Nevada on the same level or barely, barely ahead of Hawaii, New Mexico State, UConn, UMass, those teams. That's just hard for me to swallow. That's why I said it's an aggravate right. for me. Nevada. I'm not saying that's not true. It might actually be true. Like I always say, there's always a way you could lose bets. Always got to be thinking about that. If you think Nevada might be at that level, you probably don't agree with this pick, and that's totally fine. But I just think that Nevada is still going to be better than that. And I think that one game they have under the belt really matters. That's why I love Nevada here. I'm locking in a pick them here at minus 105. Uh, Nevada's, if Nevada wins this game by 30, I'm just going to laugh a lot. Yeah. Because they look so bad the first game. I'm not sure yes. they can score 30 points, but that's a whole other story. Yeah. Uh, moving on back to good football, Utah and Florida, 7 p.m. Eastern. Should be a great matchup here. Model on this one says that uh, Utah should be a one-point road favorite. They are three-point road favorites in the Swamp. The model loves Utah. The model loved Utah last year. The model thinks that Florida is going to be competent this year. I'm not sure about that. I like that I'm getting a field goal. So it's a B-grade pick for me on Florida just because I'm getting a field yeah. goal. Because honestly, I have no idea what's going to happen in this game. And I've heard people say in the comments sometimes like, well, how are you making a pick if you don't know what's going to happen? I'm like, Because the price matters. Like me getting a field right. goal, I don't know what's going to happen. Like Florida might win this game and they might lose by three and then I push. Or it might be a weird, you know, sometimes teams win by one or two, right? Like yeah. getting the field goal I think matters here. It's a bigger pick for me on Florida. I love Utah, but going on the road in week one, I have no idea. I think Utah is going to be good. I think they're a better team than Florida. But traveling across the country, playing in a place that yeah. should be pretty raucous. Florida's mm -hmm. crowds have been questionable when they've not been good, but this crowd should be a sellout raucous night crowd. I mean, it should be the best yeah. home environment of the year unless they win 10 games, you know, that yeah. sort of thing. You know, get Alabama at 7 p.m. or whatever, right? It should be a great atmosphere, tough place to play. I'll take the field goal with Florida. I don't know what's going to happen. I like getting three points here. I love Utah. Uh, I loved Utah last year, but uh, I'm just not sure they should be three-point road favorites here in a game that should be a fun game to watch, but again, don't know what's going to happen. Total 51, Cousin Jared. Uh, key number 51. Yeah, it taking is. The under? Key, You're taking it, the under? Uh, no, I'm, I'm not oh. taking not taking the, the under here. <laughs> I, I do want to add, not, not to get a sidetracked on conditional probabilities again, but is, is there a more key, I just, I'm genuinely just curious, is there a more key number in sports besides three in, a foot, in football? No. Like, I know it's more valuable in NFL than, than one college, in hockey. But, <laughs> one okay. in soccer 
Okay. Okay. Well, there you go. So the end. So maybe the one is baseball. But no, I mean, we talk about yeah. point spread sports being football and basketball. Yeah. Are there any other point spread sports that matter? Uh, no t- totals and things. Yeah. I mean, three in football is the, is okay. the number. Yeah. Okay. There you go. So um, I am not fading Utah after how they finished last season and even how they played in the bowl game against Ohio state where, you know, we know Ohio state's defense wasn't that good. They were missing some players in that game, but you know, Utah just went up and down the field. Um, so I am not fading Utah in this spot. The problem is I'm also not playing Utah because you, you mentioned it. It's going to be a, a I think a crazy crowd there yep. at the swamp and it's going to be hot and humid, yep. humid. and it, it is, it is going to be just like, not like just thinking about having pads on and like being out there yep. in that heat humidity yeah. and everything sounds pretty miserable. So uh, I think it's going to be a tough atmosphere for Utah. I think it's gonna be a great game. I can't wait to watch. There's a lot, a lot of optimism around Florida, which seems crazy to say after how yeah. terribly yeah. they played the last yeah. half of last season, it's going to be good yeah. to see some excitement there again. Richardson could be amazing. Could be meh. Who really knows? Uh, I think it's going to be a, a fun game. And, and I'll just add real quick with the home field. Uh, we have some close friends who live in Salt Lake city it's a beautiful place the weather is amazing this time of year it's nice and cool and uh that's not going to be what food is no. like i mean like it's, it's no. to travel across the country and this the, the temperatures i mean they're not going to be used to this i don't know no. what do you what do you do to what do you do to prep for this you know you find an indoor place crank up the heater do they you know crank up the heater at pumping pumping humidity or something i don't even know how you yeah. do that. it's yeah, like i don't know. i mean you can't prep for this type of game i mean there's a right. reason why there's a reason why we talk about in the NFL, the Miami Dolphins having a better home field advantage here in that first month of September home games mm, and why yep, they wear white yep. jerseys because that's the, that they wear colored jerseys, but they wear those white jerseys, those hot and humid games. They have that big advantage. Yep. It's the same thing here. Uh, it's going to be a massive home field advantage for Florida. Like I said, I love Utah. It's just the elements I think really matter in this game. Uh, Jake, you're on Utah. What's, uh, what's that side of the story look like? Yeah, I am super high on this Utah team. I'm actually putting two units on this one. I think Utah gets it done. Ooh. I mean, I'm, I'm really going for it. I think bringing Rising back for, what, his 20th year. Um, <laughs> going to leave with like Hop, two dollars. Hopping around a couple different places, too. Yeah. 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 Uh, but, I mean, he's bringing back five of his top six pass catchers, um, all the offensive line and his leading rusher. The offense just completely reloaded. He went 9-2 and two after he took over um, as a starter. I mean, the defense is rock solid. They did leave, lose a couple pieces, um, but they brought in a Florida transfer, so maybe he's told them how to deal with the elements. It's I the mean, Trojan horse. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I, I just, man, I really think there is so much to be happy about with this Utah team. I think they are a potential playoff team uh, way, way up there because I think their schedule works out for them for that. But we went to that the season preview. Um and I'm also – I'm just not sold on Anthony Richardson. I think he is much closer to meh than woohoo, And it, it, he's also not bringing a lot of uh, pass catchers back with him. Mm. I think there was a total of like 60 catches that came back. How many passes were caught last year in general is the to not many. question. <laughs> uh, they, I mean, they don't have a tight end that didn't – that had a catch on the roster anymore. Oh. Uh, or from like returning. I can't remember what they brought in uh, – through the transfer transfer portal, but I just like when you've got a quarterback that's very questionable like that, and also he's questionable healthy wise too. But having nobody to help him out is not a way to figure it out, especially against a really good defense that like with uh, that Utah has. And I, I just think there is this game. I think will be closer to Utah like 10, 10 to like fourteen than it will be to the three. Yeah. I, 
because here we go. I was gonna say, can we can we like get a little disclaimer like that that he is a Tennessee fan, and so we need to be careful anything that he says about Florida. <laughs> Very valid point. Very great added point there by you, cousin Jared. Uh, I will add, I also love Utah like Jake does. I'm excited to back them. I'm excited to back them when they're not traveling across yeah. the country playing in a stadium like that in those weather conditions. So I mean, that's just kind of my thought on it. Yeah. Uh, I will say also to cousin Jared to your point, you're always, always talking about which games will make you look like a fool. Uh, this one high on that ranking list of the games this yeah. week could easily make anybody on either side look like a fool. Yeah, I probably uh, just stuck my foot uh, in my mouth by putting two units on this one. So, yeah, oh, I mean, yeah, it's like, but I really think after the first quarter, I, I'm, I'm the most likely scenario for the first quarter. It's like it's tied, right? Obviously, and that's what we're hoping for. We're hoping for a really good game. We love watching good football games, uh, but it's not that inconceivable for Utah to be up 14 nothing after the first quarter, and all of yeah. us to be like, how did we not see that Florida yeah. is still garbage? Yeah, or it's not inconceivable for Florida to be at 14, nothing and us be like, uh, yeah, traveling across the country playing in these conditions. Like, what did yeah, you think tough. was going to happen? Like this yeah. happens every year where like, you don't think about, you know, either one of those is absolutely on the table. So, um, yeah, yeah high, high likelihood of looking like a fool on this game either way, but it should be a fun one. Uh, three is a key number. Something to think about, especially as that number comes on and off of three shop around. If it gets a three and a half, also a totally different story there. Uh, if you can get the hook with Florida. So uh, things to keep an eye on there. Uh, for that one. The other Saturday night game, 7.30 Eastern, Notre Dame and Ohio State. All the hype in the world around this one. Uh, Notre Dame, uh, guys, can, can y'all remember another time? Notre, Notre Dame's ranked, what, fourth, fifth? No yeah. clue. Something like that? Yeah. Uh, can y'all remember a, a time that a team's been ranked like that in week one is 17 and a half point underdogs? I mean, it, it kind of blows my mind. I, I, I would counter that with saying, I, I can't remember the last time where coming into the season – the top three teams were just so clearly like so far ahead of everybody yeah. else. And yeah. so that's not really an answer to your question, but I, I feel like clearly this year we have three like amazing teams and then a rest, like a bunch of just solid teams. And you see that in the power rankings there on the sheet, the same yeah. sort of thing. I mean, there's a clear divide between those top three teams yeah. uh, and you see it with a, there's some weird props out there you can bet where it's like betting one of those three teams to win the national championship. And it's like some crazy minus odds, which at this point of the season, I would say that's a stupid bet usually, but like this year it's like, yeah. I kind of get it. Like how do yeah. you, yeah. you know, it's like one of those three teams is probably going to win. Right. I mean, yeah. it's the, yeah. almost assuredly three of the four playoff teams, unless something weird happens. Right. Yeah. Um, Notre Dame might be really fading in, out of prominence. I mean, there's a there's a realistic chance we look back 10 years from now and we say, how many years now has Notre Dame been mediocre, slowly losing it, right? But I mean, there's also a chance that Notre Dame always hangs around there. It's, it, I don't want to say it's a crossroads season, but for me, Notre Dame here being ranked like this is a big question mark of can they put together another good season and really put their staple on we are still a blue blood in college football or is this going to be another disappointing year where yeah. Notre Dame seems to have more years than not, more hype than deserved. A lot of questions. I think it'll be really fascinating. New head coach, the players love. What does that matter? Who yeah. knows? Um, we talked about Notre Dame on the season preview. I think, you know, it's a tough schedule for them. Obviously starts off really tough, a game that they're not supposed to win playing in the horseshoe. Like you said, Cousin Jared, against one of those top three teams that is yeah. light years better than the other 128 teams in college football. Model says as good as Ohio State is and, and has that clear separation, Model says this should be Ohio State minus 13. I'm on Notre Dame plus 17 and a half with a B grade pick. It's an A grade edge. I'm only giving yeah. it a B grade pick because I don't want to look like a fool and have three units on this one Saturday night and Ohio State be up 35 to three at the half because that is yeah. absolutely on the table that this game is a runaway. I like getting the hook. Uh, again, model says that Notre Dame nowhere near as good as Ohio State, but should it be this big of a number? But as we talked about, 
Dog barking again when I'm on another big dog. It makes sense. Uh, we talked about last year a lot with some of these bigger favorites, these top teams, these outliers. The model has a hard time at knowing exactly how far ahead to put yeah. them. Yeah. And Ohio State, Bama, and Clemson are absolutely going to be in that boat. Um, so it's definitely a question of how much should Ohio State be favored by? I think it's by a little bit too much. Um, I'm going to take the 17 and a half with Notre Dame. It's a B grade pick. But again, A grade edge. Mm-hmm. Just not a great confidence level for me. Totals 59. A lot of totals here right on some key numbers uh, floating right around some of these key numbers. Like Cousin Jared, yeah. uh, what do you got for us? I don't really have much to say about this game other than that does seem like too many points. Um, but the, prob- the problem is, is that I'm worried that Ohio State is just going to be a buzzsaw this yep. year, especially yep. that offense. Uh, yep. Man, that, that offense can be good. Uh, I, I, what I would tell people to keep in mind is in the Urban Meyer years, the offense would stagnate because it seemed like Meyer just had this thing with like, I'm going to run my quarterback into the ground. Uh, Sometimes I don't want to open things up. I really want to establish the running game. And then he would do crazy things like that Michigan state game in whatever year it was where Ezekiel Elliott touched the ball like two times in the second half. It made absolutely no sense. So I don't think Ryan day has any of those limitations offensively that some of the urban Meyer teams would have had. Uh, So maybe that's just something to keep in mind as we go throughout the season. I'm worried Ohio state is going to be a buzzsaw, at least with Alabama and Georgia. The most likely scenario is those two teams, teams play each other so at least there'll be some kind of challenge for for them at some point i I don't know where you find the the challenge for ohio state on the schedule of course it's the big 10 any team could pop up and give them a good game michigan Um, yeah michigan state will be decent yeah michigan state maybe that's always a a good one penn state always plays them close uh but michigan i'm afraid that they are going to demolish michigan after what happened uh, last last, year yeah yeah i I think it's just gonna be i don't uh, i don't i'm not sure does anybody in the in the state of ohio remember that i mean yeah. No one's no one's thinking about that. Yeah, yeah. So, and anyway. I mean that jokingly, but also there probably was enough alcohol consumed. I'm not sure many people in the state do remember that after that. That, that, is, that is true. Um, anyway, so no play for me on this game. I, I just think that Ohio State's going to be really good this year. That's that's all I have to say. Jake. Yeah, I'm, I'm not playing anything, but I've, there's tons of questions that I can't wait to get answers to. Like, yeah. how does Marcus Freeman do on the big stage? Like, can he do it? Do they have enough on the offensive line? Like. Or to just like keep this going, can they like keep their QB on their feet, and can he keep pace with uh, the Ohio State offense? Because I mean, it's going to be a shootout type pace anytime that Ohio State takes the field. Uh, I mean, and then did Ohio State do enough on defense to allow them to win big games? Because that was part of their thing. Is any of those big games Ohio State played last year, their defense just kind of let them down. And as good as the offense was, they just couldn't finish it out. So I mean, there's a lot of questions that'll be answered and. Ohio State will either be a really big favorite for in the title after they blow through Notre Dame here, or there's going to be a lot of questions and maybe and people hyping up that Michigan game a little bit more because if that defense is rough, then that Michigan game becomes all important. Absolutely. Uh, Monday night, 8 p.m. Eastern, Clemson at Georgia Tech, another game that is a – a neutral site game. Talked about this one episode a little with uh, the LSU game. Uh, I'm giving Georgia Tech half home field advantage here. I think it will be more Clemson fans than Georgia Tech fans. It's not about the fans. It's about the travel. Georgia Tech uh, doesn't play at that stadium, but they play uh, right there. And so uh, they're sleeping in their standard hotel. The travel's a lot less. Uh, Clemson having to travel. I'm giving Georgia Tech a small home foot advantage for this, uh, but half of what I normally would give, uh, because again, I think it'll be mostly Clemson fans uh, there in the Mercedes-Benz Dome. There we go. Monday night, where uh, they they get to sell their Chick Fil A there, right? Because they don't get to sell the look to sell their Chick Fil A for both these games. They don't on Sundays, right? Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so big big catch there, right? If you're uh, 
<laughs> if you're in that area and that's something that you enjoy. Uh, model says this should be Clemson minus 24.2. I think 24 is the right number for this. I'll take Clemson minus 22. It's a B grade pick. I think it's a little short. I wish it was 21. I'd love to give you some 21. At tw I'd love to get 20. Uh, 22, I, I'm on Clemson. I think it's more likely that Clemson runs away with this than not. Uh, but it's only a B-grade pick. I, I just don't see Georgia Tech scoring. We talked about last year, Clemson. talked a lot about Clemson last year. We had a whole segment yeah. on Clemson. Uh, yeah. By the end of the year, I was figuring out Clemson, and I had them down pretty well. Uh, I, I think what happened with Clemson is their offense stagnated. They lacked the pass option out of the backfield. They lacked the running game. I don't think people realize just how big Etienne was uh, mm -hmm. to them, and that hurt their offense. When they finally got the running game going a little bit, didn't have to be a lot. That's when their offense was competent and their defense was still really good. And I think the same thing here. I'm not sure how good their offense is going to be, but I just really don't see Georgia Tech scoring many points. I mean, that defense is still going to be amazing. It seems like every single year uh, at Clemson, I would probably be looking at Georgia Tech's team total under here. Uh, I think it's a big number. I'm not sure if Clemson scores 28, 35, 42, whatever, but I, I just think their defense can dominate this game uh if georgia tech scores three or seven it wouldn't shock me whatsoever so i'll be on clemson uh totals totals pretty low at 48 and a half odds makers kind of think like i do that georgia tech won't score many points uh i'm writing that clemson defense here i'm i'm i've got clemson should we should we just talk about clemson here i've got clemson four <laughs> in the power ratings uh yeah i agree i agree I, i'm not i'm not sold that they're the fourth best team of course who, who is the fourth best team this year I yeah mean, yeah exactly yeah yeah, yeah. My, my opinion's utah but oh man jake jake's got takes i like it jake's got takes i love utah <laughs> but that's too high for me uh maybe Michigan, maybe I don't know, because they played good last year. But I don't know. I yeah. mean, it, it's it's wide open who the who the fourth best team is, and yeah. uh, I've got this Clemson. So I mean, I, I I'm higher on them than most people. I'm not sure they're going to compete with those top three teams, but I still think they're a very good football team with an elite defense. I think the defense is going to generate some points or some good field position for them. I'll lay the twenty-two. I don't think Georgia Tech's very good. Because uh, in general, what you got for us? Yeah, who cares about Georgia Tech? Yeah, Clemson. I'm just I'm just watching this game because Georgia Tech's defense was not good last last year. But if if Clemson can get to like 34, 38 points or something in this game, then a lot of my concerns about them will be quelled because you mentioned that defense being really good. If they can just have a fine offense, yeah. like at times last year it was really bad. If, yeah. if they can just the times last year when their times last year when their offense was mediocre, Clemson looks really good. They yes. just got to be decent. Exactly. So that's like all I, I'm looking for in this game is can Clemson's offense just be serviceable? And if so, then I, I think they probably do deserve that that fourth ranking. But man, it's just so many things happened last year. They had so many games where they looked bad um, yeah. that I, it's just really hard for me to come out thinking that's exactly how well they're they're that's that's how well their season is going to go. So they have I just an entire they have an entire offseason to address those issues. And a serviceable offense should score lots of points against Georgia Tech. Yeah, yeah. So I, you know. Let's 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 see what happens. I just want to see some offense from Clemson. Yeah, total, to, totally fair, Jake. What do you got? Yeah, I'm curious. How, how short do you think the leash is on DJ? Um, Very. I would say between medium and short. Yeah, like I, I think I think <laughs> medium. Medium. I think it's <laughs> I think it's uh, like mid third quarter. If this game is tight, I think it's I think they're. I think it could be this first game if he doesn't look good. That, that, that's my opinion on it. Sure. If, he, if he doesn't, because he just did not look confident ever. And so if he doesn't whole off have, season to fix that. Yeah, yeah. I, think, I, think I don't know why I'm a Clemson optimist now, but I am. Apparently. I think that's Dabo's opinion too. Hey, we've worked on this all off season. If you don't show it here, 
We've got do, yeah. do, do, does he just not need to know that he's going to start? Well, no, I guess did he the the game that he started against Notre Dame a couple of years ago when Lawrence had COVID? Yeah. Did he know he was starting that game? Like how far in advance did he know he was? Starting I think that it was. Game? I think it was like you're probably going to start, but they were kept like testing to see. I think it's, it's he didn't. Right. That was was that the one where the first game he didn't know he was going to start until like that day. I think the week was the week before that. He didn't know until like that day against like the week before against like Wake Forest or somebody against Boston College. And then it was the whole week was would he be able to test negative? Well, so I think it was questionable all week, right? Well, no, no. Notre Notre Dame was the first game that he – he oh, was it flipped? That, so it was a flip thing. Yeah, it was. It was a flip okay. thing. It was what he, he played the night. Okay, he threw. And it was over, it was right away. He threw for over four hundred yards against Notre Dame in South Bend. Like Notre Dame is a good defense. So any, anyway, it's just the whole thing is just like almost inexplicable how he could look so good against a good team like that on the road. Etienne. And then last season, just, I'm telling you, okay, having that running back who's getting who's getting ten yards a pop, basically running and can catch the ball. How many of those passing yards were just? negative yeah, two true. yard passes to him and he runs for that's 50 true. yards i mean that's true I, i'm not that's true. i'm not saying that, that dj isn't a good quarterback i'm just saying like he that guy made that offense go and, and there were i kind of wondered about that in the offseason coming to last year i was like i wonder how because his numbers were insane like i don't know right. why he didn't get more heisman buzz with what he did for that team uh and sure enough i think they just lost without him so i mean i think yep. part of it's that but yeah dj still should be a good quarterback without him yeah that, exactly. that, that one notre dame game got him the fansville commercial that is I true. mean, and no one can ever take that away from him. Yeah. I mean, no, that's pretty legit. That's money yeah. in the pocket. He's yeah, saying, I yeah. would love. I would. I would love to have a fanzel commercial. Doctor Pepper, I, if you're watching, hit me up. <laughs> Doctor Pepper, I'll do. For, I'll do it for free. I don't care. Yeah, Just give, me, give me some Doctor Pepper Zero. And that's all. <laughs> <I need. laughs> Uh, but I mean, besides that, I mean, the defense is just absolutely elite, and it's like, but replacing both coordinators is going to be tough. So there might be a little bit of questionable stuff at the beginning. So I think. It's tied in the first half and then explodes in the second half. I think Clemson gets it done. I'd play this up to 23. But if they don't do this, if they don't win, beat this Georgia Tech team by like double digits, this, like, I, I ooh, it's a scary year because there's some decent teams in the ACC this year with Miami mm-hmm. and NC State. Uh, Wake Forest, if the quarterback, whenever he comes back, I don't know what's going on there. It's some medical stuff, but, uh, so it's not going to be super easy. And if this isn't the offense isn't playing well in this game against this terrible Georgia Tech team, it's going to be a tough year for Clemson. Yeah, they need they need to stop them. Absolutely. Yeah. All righty. We're calling this a two minute drill. I don't know how many minutes it'll take. Because uh, Jared, because <laughs> uh, Jared, uh, picks you are adding that yeah. did not make last episode. Give them to us. Yeah. So I've got I got a couple of things here I want to discuss. The first thing is I we mentioned during the West Virginia Pit game. I might be on West Virginia there. I've talked myself out of that. So no play on the Pit West Virginia game. It's up to eight now, right? Yeah, it is up to eight now. But I've talked myself out of that. So no, no play there. Um, I'm adding Boise State plus three. Note you're gonna have to lay a little bit of extra juice there. That's gonna be my 120. I I have faith in Andy Avalos coming up with a good defensive plan for Boise State in that game. I, I said it in, in regards to the total there that I might look at the over. I think that Oregon State's defense isn't going to be that wonderful. So I, I trust Boise State to come out with a good defensive game plan. And I think they can score enough points against that Oregon State um, defense. And, and like I said, getting the three points there in a game where anything could happen seems good. So adding Boise State plus three. I'm also adding LSU. That went down to minus two and a half. You're laying a bunch of juice there at the minus 120, but the, the minus two and a half, very valuable there. What I would say about LSU, it just... Two things. Number one, LSU playing a game in New Orleans. It just feels like that's going to be a massive advantage for them. Um, The other thing I would say is that Brian Kelly made a living 
at Notre Dame, literally his entire living by just winning the games he was supposed to win. If he was favored in that game, you could almost lock it in that Notre Dame was going to win. So um, I, I, I'm going to assume that carries over to LSU here playing in New Orleans. I think it's going to be a, a big, crazy crowd for LSU. So I'm locking in LSU minus two and a half, laying juice there too at minus 120. Question, and then, question yeah. about Brian Kelly. Sure. The Brian Kelly that won those big games, was that Irish Brian Kelly or Cajun Brian Kelly though? Or, or was it was it another Brian Kelly? Was it the, you know the Uper, the Michigan Brian yes. Kelly? I, I don't yeah, know which one was it. I wasn't mean. he in Central Michigan for a while? So anyway, yeah, I have or was that Rich Jones? I don't know. I lose track. I don't know yeah. which one it was. Cincinnati Brian Kelly. I, who knows? yeah, who knows? Uh, who knows? Yeah, so, if, if you missed that, there's a good YouTube video of someone splicing yeah. together him adding accents of where he is, and it's hilarious. So if y'all haven't seen that, go check that. It out. It obviously works. Obviously, that's it. Obviously worked. People love it. You know exactly. And so people, we've had our our the last. I'm going to add here is we had have had our first incident of me being talked into a play during the show here. I am adding <laughs> the under 52 in the Cincinnati Arkansas game. I love it. I, I feel like that we've had good success when I've been on the edge of a play and then I've had two other people tell me I need to be on the under in this game. I feel like that usually if they can eyeball it, then yeah. clearly they're seeing something that kind of confirms what I was thinking. So I'm adding the under 52 as an official play at Cincinnati and Arkansas. And if it goes awry, it's y'all's fault. And there you go. And I, I I think you're right. Always and it, it somebody to blame. Always. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. There's no locks in gambling people, right? But it, this did tend to work well last year when with yeah. either just me and Cousin Jared or when Jack was on with us. So, well, yeah. What he's indicating is just like when, when when he's outlining these cases and we're like, yeah, yeah, you're totally like this is 100%. And, yeah. and he's like, we're like, no, like you should do this. Like you, you've you laid it out. And yeah. I, I agree. I think I think this is your spot here for that under. So I'm, I'm glad yeah. you're taking that one. Okay, there we go. Uh, Jake, uh, two minutes. Joe, you got some picks to make from games we talked about previously. So you have a few more here. Uh, what are what are you adding on? Yeah, so all right, we're just gonna like most of it. I'm, there's nothing more to say than than what was already said. Uh, but I'm point, gonna, point I'm up. Taking, I'll put I'll put episode one there. If you haven't seen yeah. it, episode one, we already yeah. talked about it. You know. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Uh, yep. So I'm taking the over in the Pittsburgh West Virginia game. I I don't think there's a defense that's going to be on that field that can stop either of those quarterbacks and offenses so over 51 and a half is super nice. Um, obviously Oklahoma state is a very good team. Illinois, Illinois. Uh, so you're taking, you're taking Oklahoma state. The number's up to 21, but you're still laying the 21 with Oklahoma state. Yes. Yeah. I, I think that, I, I think that gets worse than what it will end up being okay. uh, like Illinois plus three. Is it still plus three? Still uh, plus three. Yeah, so I'm taking that one. I think I think Illinois and I think Boise State at plus three. I think getting the field goal is great. I personally I split the bet between plus three and the money line. I think money lines of both of those make a lot of yeah, sense. Yeah, that's, that's exactly where I was going. It's like I'm probably going to be laying on the money line too. I don't. I'm not sure why this line is where it's at. I think this should be flip flopped. Um, yep. I'm taking Middle Tennessee. You all laid that out perfect, and I think that number actually got. Are worse for me, but I'm just down, like, it's down to five and a, down yeah, to five and a half. Uh, I'm t- I'm jumping on coastal. I think there's way too mm. many things that Army has to have go right for to uh, stay this close to coastal at minus two. And I, Gavin, I can't Gavin say McCall is still there. Great, great, Grace McCall. Yeah, I can't say anything. I'll talk for ten minutes on that game. So what, I, we got to save that for the next show. Hey, we'll yeah. save that for next show. We haven't <laughs> talked about it, so coastal Carolina. Get a preview for uh-huh, that. I'm, next, I'm, next, next yeah. um, I'm taking South Carolina, taking a chance here. I think Spencer Rattler's got it. Um, I just I think that offense will be a lot better. They they're actually their defense was a little bit underrated. I know the run defense was terrible, but I think if that steps up at all, they should be able to get this. Um, jumping on Tulsa, 
that once again, that's gone from five to six and a half. And that was another one that I said, model says seven and a half. And I said, I wanted to get that. Hopefully I already got that in. I said, Hey, I want this at five. I want this before it goes up to six or seven models says seven and a half. It's already up to six and a half. Yep. I, 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 because you know, we talked about that. Like people are going to be yeah. like, "Oh, Wyoming's terrible." I think they are. So I think it's the. Yeah. I think it's. We talk about moves all the time. A lot. Of, you know, sometimes they don't mean anything. Sometimes they're the wrong direction. I think this moves the right direction here for Tulsa. Mm-hmm. The the note I have written for this game is Wyoming is bad. Yeah, fair. That's <laughs> fair. Yeah. It's a pretty good analysis. Um, yep. Jumping on the under for Alabama Utah State because I mean, do we think Alabama walk ons are as good as Connecticut? Because that's where it's going to end up being. Because Utah State, what they showed against UConn was terrible. And I mean, you're looking at uh, absolutely high powered first and second string. I'm curious yeah. to see, because Jared, we can talk about this. We haven't talked about the Alabama game yet. I'm really curious to see if the trend of teams playing poorly the week after they play Alabama holds. So I'm not really excited to watch this game. I'm excited to see what Utah State does in their next game after this to see <laughs> if they get beat up too much. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's at 62 and a half. Uh, 90, for that to go over 90% of that's going to have to be Alabama. I don't think. Right. Yeah. I think they're going to be pulling people early. Uh, Bryce Young might play two and a half quarters, maybe. Um, I'm taking Mississippi State in a revenge game. I think they're very angry. I think Memphis is bad. That kick return that wasn't a kick return, uh, that whole craziness. Uh, I think Will Rogers is just going to put up stupid numbers in this game. Jared, I, I don't remember uh, specifically, but I'm assuming that you took the under in a game involving Memphis and they broke your heart. Is that Was that one of those games? I, I don't remember <laughs> it. I, I know I lost a bet on that game. I may have been on Mississippi State there. Okay. I can't remember. But okay. yes, I do remember I lost that game for yeah. some Memphis. stupid reason. Because you lost every Memphis game for a stupid reason. I like. Yes, I did. That is accurate. <laughs> after, they, after that win, after that Mississippi State win that shouldn't have been, they went – like three and six or something like that. I think they were three and zero after that, and then finished the year six and six. And and, just... and they they hit the over like I don't know like four times in the last three minutes of a game or something. And all and all of them like needing twenty one points in the last yes. <laughs> five yes. minutes or something crazy. Yeah. yeah. All right, J- Jake. What else you got? I'm, I'm Ron with Jared here with Houston. I, we both spoke mm-hmm. a lot with him and the season previews. Throwing two units on that one too with him. We'll That's up to four and a half, half yeah. unfortunately there. Yeah, I, I think this is a touchdown or more game for Houston. But um, jumping on with Western Kentucky and LSU minus two and a half, I just – I think New Orleans, the last time they played there, I think was the championship game and they just ran through it. I think it's going to be very similar. All right. Uh, that's a lot of games. We have more games to cover yeah. uh, in episode three. We're going to round out every game this week. Uh, Cousin Jared, any parting words? Nope. Stick with J- us the rest of the week. You'll get to hear us talk more. <laughs> Jake, any parting words from you? Yeah, just any of the future games that haven't been covered yet. If I make a play, just check the sheet, bet stamp. That's, that's it. All righty. Well, that's all we have for you here. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Picks with the Professor. A reminder to check out the Google Sheet for model picks, projections, and results. You can find that link in the show's description and at the website, www.pickswiththeprofessor.com. If you haven't done so yet, please click that subscribe button to ensure all the sports betting content we provide on this channel is dropped right into your feed. Uh, Cousin Jared and I will be back for episode three later in the week. And until then, remember, you can eat your betting money, but please don't bet your eating money.